Um, I don't know who's a fan of the repair shop. Uh, anybody? Oh, there's a few of you. Hands up. Oh, yeah. It got amazing viewing figures. In fact, during the lockdown season, it was one of the top most frequently watched programs. Now, it's not for everyone. I know that. Uh, I don't have the patience for it, as it won't surprise any of you to know. I would be a terrible repairer of things. Um, but the good news for us today is that God is all about repair. His spirit is all about renewal. And his heart is restoration. So if you think of the repair shop, sometimes, I've only seen it a couple of times, but one time, I think around Christmas, somebody brought something to be repaired that they had made as a child. And if you think about it, God has made us. And so how much more does he want to repair our hearts? It's almost like if you think of your heart today, not just the sort of fleshy organ, but actually your heart, your well-being, your, your whole, your core, your spiritual core. God's heart today is to repair, to restore, to renew, to revive and refresh. And that has always been his heart for us because he made us. When I was uh, on my bed with COVID, um, I prayed for a verse for the year. And sometimes it comes easily to me, but at that particular time where my head was, I really struggled. And then on about the third day, God showed me a verse, and it's this. Guard your heart above all else, for from it will flow the waters of life. And what a beautiful verse at the start of the year and to keep coming back to through the year. Guard your heart. Think of your heart today. How do you guard it? What does that even mean? Well, when I looked up what it actually meant and what it meant in the book of Proverbs was fill your heart with truth. Fill your heart with truth. And from it will flow the waters of life. That as we inhale truth, the overflow from our hearts is renewal and water and revival and the Holy Spirit. And we've been on a journey at Riverside over the last few weeks looking at the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm loving it. I'm loving looking again about what he can do. But as we take a slightly detour just for this short reflection this morning, we're looking at how does the Holy Spirit work within our hearts in order that the overflow goes out and changes the world. Because revival, as Val reminded us on one of the uh, Zoom calls over the three days of prayer, revival starts with us. You know, we can pray, Lord, bring revival to Birmingham. And we do, and we long for that. But actually, we know that it starts with every single one of us in our places of work, in our places of friendship, in the cafes where we go. I was in a cafe just yesterday in Suffolk. And uh, I love, I don't know about you, but I love listening and people watching. And I seem to have the sort of hearing that can tune in to conversations quite far away. I like to think maybe it's a gift, I don't know. But the people with me were like, how can you hear what's going on at that table? But this lady was talking about conspiracy theories and she said, I just long for someone to tell the truth. And then she said, where do you go to find truth? Now, I'd love to say that I put my Superman outfit on, that I charged over and gave her a white Jesus. I didn't. I failed. 
But actually, there is a cry from the world at the moment, probably more than ever, that says, where do we go to find truth? And actually, we go to the Holy Spirit's work. He points us to Jesus, as we've been learning over the last few weeks. And I wonder, as you look at your heart, maybe a bit like the Samaritan woman who met Jesus at the well, and she wanted to know, where do I go for this water? Where do I go for this spirit, this wellspring that you promise? And she said, you know, how do, how do I do it? And he said these words. He says, the water I will give you and them will become in them a spring welling up to eternal life. And so every time you turn up for your life group when it's hard, every time when you join an awkward Zoom call or when you pray with your triplet, you are filling up, you are taking in truth that is changing your heart. And over the last couple of years, this has been really, really hard. Restoration maybe has felt far from us sometimes. But in the Bible, restoration is synonymous with bringing things back to the previous state they once were. The psalmist in Psalm 51 says, Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold in me a live and willing spirit. And I just wanted to just speak that, that first stanza over us. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And I believe as I prepared for this talk that that resonates with people right here in the room. Maybe we've lost our joy. Maybe that languishing that we talked about has come upon you and you're desperate to find that joy. Jesus says, come drink of the Holy Spirit. Come be refreshed. Bring your heart to me for renewal. So how do we do this? Well, there are four areas I wanted really quickly to have a look at when we look at our hearts. And I want you to just have that picture of your heart, maybe at the repair shop, just bringing it before the Lord this morning. I wonder what you feel it's looking like, what it's feeling like. And there are four things. The Holy Spirit softens us where we have grown hard-hearted. He heals us where we are broken-hearted. He strengthens us when we are living in fear and are overwhelmed. And he purifies and cleanses us where we live in shame. And I wonder as we come to care for our core, I don't know how many of you do exercise classes where they talk a lot about your core, and that actually work on your core takes time. You don't just go to a class and say, oh, I've come home with a lovely core. I mean, if that was true, it'd be great, wouldn't it? But we know that's not the case. There's a work of renewal, there's a work of strengthening that is slow and steady. But as we work on our spiritual core today, we can be sure that God is at work in us, strengthening us, renewing us. When Jesus was asked about the law and he was asked, you know, what is the law? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And that, if you like, is the work of renewal in the heart. 
that as we love, as we receive love and give love, the overflow is that love to our neighbours, to those that we come into contact with. And I believe, and I've been reading a little bit about this, that some of the commands of Jesus, that one, can I don't know about you, but when I hear, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, you can start to spiral. Because you think, I don't do that. I don't do that. And I bet everyone here would say, I know I'm lacking in that. But with the work of the Holy Spirit, it becomes a promise as well as a command. You shall. That's the good news today. Wherever you feel you are on that journey, God would say to you, you shall do it because I'm working to renew your heart. I'm working to bring healing So look at the hardened heart for a moment. And I think this is all of us. I think there are areas in our heart where we have grown hard that today the Holy Spirit just wants to soften our hearts again, to bring that revival, that renewal. Maybe we've stopped caring about the things that once used to break us. And we need to just pray again, break our hearts for what breaks yours, O Lord. Because think of the woman in the cafe. Where does she go to find truth? She comes to us as the body. She comes to us wherever she is, whoever that might be in your life, saying, where do I go to find truth? And actually, where do I drink from this water of life? You have that within you if you're a follower of Jesus today. And as our hearts grow hardened, they do it very, very, very subtly. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's conviction and his convincing is to say today, I just want to soften your heart again. Put your name in there. I just want to soften your heart again so that actually you receive my love for you more and you are able to love me more. And it's a process. We shall love the Lord our God with all our heart and our neighbor. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new fresh spirit in you. I will remove from your heart a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. His heart has always been all the way through from the Old Testament the new restoration and renewal of our heart, bringing him our languishing. I don't know how many of you have seen the brilliant film Belfast. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, there's a few of us who have. I thoroughly recommend it. Beautiful film uh, about Kenneth Branagh's life growing up uh, in Belfast and about life in Belfast. And he talks, he touches on a little boy going to church and being absolutely terrified completely terrified and the the preacher who's very fire and brimstone says there's one way that you can take that leads to life and one that leads to death and he's so scared he comes home and it's really touching in the film and I don't think this is a spoiler but he goes home and he draws a diagram of two roads and then he wakes up in the night terrified and he goes to his older brother I don't know which road I'm on and it's a very touching moment in the film but it's actually a touching moment for us which road are we on Because COVID and lockdown and turmoil and trying to keep kids at home, it's it's somehow taken us on a diversion, some of us. And God would say to us, which road are you on? The road that leads to life. And he's not saying it in a condemnatory finger-wagging way. He's saying, come back to me. Come back to me. If you've wandered off, if you're like the lost sheep, come back to me today. And as I've prayed for today, I feel that that might be many of us, probably me as well, all of us saying, come back to him as our first love so that we can overflow with these waters of life. Some of us, secondly, have hearts that are broken. Broken in spirit. 
We're coming with fragments today. We're coming to the repair shop and saying, can you make anything of this? And the answer is yes, it's his speciality. It's what God does best. He's done it in my life. He's done it in your life. He will do it again. He beautifies. He brings beauty out of ashes. Whatever fragments you bring him today, he can repair it into something even more beautiful than it was before. That's him. That's what he does. That's the work of his restoration. And we see time and time again in the Gospels how tender and compassionate Jesus is with the broken. Some of you will remember the lovely Rachel Riddle talking at a women's event years ago, and I think I shared it in a talk not long after. And her son was killed. He was killed outside his youth at a very, very young age, and the Riddle's very much part of this church and friends of many of you here. And her heart was broken. And she thought, I will never be the same again. And surely we can understand that. We can understand anyone saying that to God. And she looked out over her garden, and it was winter. And some of us will resonate with that. She just looked out and thought, that's me. That's my life. It's barren. There's nothing left. There's no green. There's no color anymore. It's barren. And she wept and just said, will I ever be fruitful again? Will I ever thrive again? And just at that moment, she got a text from someone she hadn't seen for a long time. And they said, I was praying for you, Rachel, and I just felt the Lord say, you will be fruitful again more than ever before. Now, that does not take the pain away, the grief away that that family have been through and many, many of us have been through in these last couple of years. But it does give us a promise that those broken fragments of our hearts in his hands can be restored to an even greater beauty than ever before. Even this week, uh, I've been doing some work with a a touring theatre company, and uh, there's a girl on there who is a prophet. There's no doubt about it. She just has a beautiful gift of prophecy. And another of our friends at the moment is, is suicidal and is having really, really acute suicidal thoughts. And I knew both of their stories, but they didn't know each other's stories. And yesterday, she just felt she should text this friend and say that actually life will be good again and he will use the broken pieces for good. The spirit is live and active. And whether it's text messages, whether it's scriptures, whether it's putting something on your fridge so that we take in this truth, that actually God is the best repairer of hearts. He's the place that we can go to when we have nowhere else to go. In Isaiah 57, we read, I live in a high and holy place, but... Also, I live with the one who is contrite and broken in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. That's that's what he does. Psalm 34 said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Some of us have hearts that are fearful and overwhelmed. I was listening to a worship song this week and it says this, wake up my soul, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Many of you know I struggle a lot with nerves, I get nervous before everything, whether it's performing, whether it's speaking, it's never gone away. And yet hearing those words, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me because you've got a lion inside of your lungs. That's true for us because we've got the Holy Spirit within us. 
that actually we might feel more lamb than lion, but his spirit in us gives us boldness and confidence. Uh, The Bible says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will not grow weary. He strengthens our hearts when we are overwhelmed. And as we heard from Tim a couple of weeks ago, he will send us a counsellor, an advocate, so that actually our fear can become confident in the hands of the Holy Spirit. Fear not, says Jesus, for I have overcome the world. And finally, we bring him a heart of shame. And every single one of us, as we come to the repair shop, brings a heart of shame, don't we? We know that actually there's a shadow across our heart that falls where a sin comes back and a repeated thought or a lie that we've believed comes in or a habit that we can't kick. And this restoration work of the Holy Spirit says, do not live in shame for I will cleanse you, I will purify you. Pete Gregg says, there is more grace in God than there is sin in you. Isn't that true? That you might think, well, I'm the worst sinner here. If you really knew me, I'm the worst sinner here. Well, we all think that. The good news is the Apostle Paul thought that. And he said that. He said, I'm the worst of all sinners. And there's a sense to which, actually, we know that to be true. And yet, there is more grace in God than there is sin in us. John Stott says, a guilty conscience is a great blessing, but only if it drives us home. And that's the key, isn't it? That's the work of the Holy Spirit, that instead of keeping us in shame, he releases us to come to the Father again for healing. I love this on Twitter this week. (laughs) I think we've proved it this morning. It says, I'd rather be part of a church with messed up people who are good at loving God than with religious people who dislike messed up people. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Shame lies to us about our sense of worth. It lies to you about your sense of worth as you bring your heart to him. It tells you to avoid intimacy with Christ, but actually that's what you need. And the Holy Spirit says, come to him afresh today. Mike Bickles says, the enemy works overtime to keep you in shame, for he knows that keeping us in shame will minimize all of our intimacy with God. So come, as we come to a close for these waters of life, as we guard our hearts, as we fill our hearts again with truth, as we receive God's challenge, and I believe it's a challenge for us as Riverside Church. When we were doing the three days of prayer and fasting, Dave Isgrove brought a word to us. And he said, actually, he said, there's a room in your houses that actually you've stopped seeing because it's it's been in need of repair for so long that you don't see it anymore. You close the door and you don't look at the work that is needed. And he felt God was saying, you need to look at that again. And I felt that's a word for us this morning to just look at again and unpick a little bit. Also, Rachel Pumphrey was praying and just felt a similar thing that some of us old stagers who've perhaps been around faith for a longer time, God is saying, have a look at that room. He wants to do his repair work, and he can do it today by the work of his spirit. It's ongoing, yes, it's working on our core, but there's a sense of intention, as Sarah brilliantly reminded us last week, that actually as we come, we say, we're just children of God. 
in need of restoration and renewal, whether our hearts are broken, whether our hearts are hardened, whether our hearts are fearful, whether our hearts are just in pieces. He wants to do his work of loving us well again. Why? So that we can overflow in our love for his world, so that those waters of life will flow through us 